0: The camera sees more than the eye, so why not make use of it? Look and think before opening the shutter. The heart and mind are the true lens of the camera. Hey, welcome to the... Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio, and welcome to episode one zero four for the end of August. One zero four. Actually, that was the number of my <laughs> that was the number of my junior high school. Uh, junior high school one zero four. Anyway, poof, the end of summer. Right, end of August, end of summer. Uh, although for those of us uh, on the other side of the equator, it's the end of winter i guess and you guys are going into the spring so yeah i hope it uh, it all works out for you guys down there um or for us up here i don't know how it works <laughs> there's no up and down on earth it's just anyway i'm not gonna dig a hole in that direction uh so hey welcome to the show uh i got a couple things before i get into the show so guess what street shots has a new website yeah, yeah i decided to move it away move the uh the uh, podcast away from the Switch to Manual site because it uh, the show has really become its own thing and it's become really separate from Switch to Manual. Now that Tom and I are not together and Switch to Manual, I have other plans for Switch to Manual, so I really wanted to move the podcast away. And frankly, it was a lot easier to uh, create a new website than to try to really sort of pigeonhole uh, a lot of renovations into the Switch to Manual uh, website for the podcast. So I just decided I just went and... Got a new domain and fired up a website. And guess what? The new domain is really cool. The uh, podcast domain now is streetshots.photography. <laughs> was like, I was actually kind of amazed that that was available. Uh, but yeah, we, I got my own website. And it's very, very simple to remember, streetshots.photography. I'm also going to keep, uh, I'm going to put the show notes there and, you know, a link to listen to the show uh, and I'll have a comment section and and whatnot. Uh, I'm also keeping the show notes on the Podbean page because that's where the show is actually published and, you know, I want to maintain that going on and, uh, you know, I'll put links to the new website on the Podbean page, but I really want everybody to start going to the uh, streetshots.photography website to listen to the podcast and actually start discussions and stuff like that. So when you go there now it's it's kind of sparse <laughs> I haven't I haven't fully moved in yet and the paint is still a little wet um, but you know it's got the three latest shows there I'm gonna I guess I'm gonna have a page with all the shows I, I still have to go populate the older shows back there and that's just I haven't gotten around to that and uh you know I really hope you guys like it I actually I'm kind of happy to start something fresh and uh, you know, I've been saying I've been wanting to redo the website. You know, the Push the Manual website, and this ended up just being, you know, a better thing and easier thing to do. And this way, I get start from scratch again and and have it really just dedicated to the podcast. So I, I hope you like that, and I hope you spend some time. Uh, you know, you know, we can get discussions going on there. Like I said, it's still new. I haven't, you know, I haven't put any, you know, uh, blog posts or anything up that yet. Uh, but you know, that's that will that will come as the site grows a little bit. So uh, anyway, what's the second? Oh, so this is really cool. Uh, Just before I was getting ready for my evening stuff, I I got a notification on Facebook that my name was tagged by a company called Phlearn. (laughs) Bear with me, it's P-H-L-E-A-R-N. I've never really heard of them before. I might have heard of them, but I I don't really think so. Um, But they posted an article on their uh, website called The Best Podcast for Photographers. (laughs) And and guess what? (laughs) I made their list. You know... (laughs) um but just you know okay so just to make sure uh be clear about this it wasn't on the top of their list right let's just say that uh the show got an honorable mention um but you know what the honorable mention was higher on the in the uh in the uh, article than even the petapixel podcast (laughs) you know those guys do good work but i just i was like wow you know i didn't know that uh i got recognized but uh you know, uh, like I said, I wasn't really aware of, of Flurn, and I hear that they're a, a website to uh, that that run um, tutorials and stuff like that. So I wanted to thank them. I hope you're we listening. Thank them for considering me, uh, considering this show worthy of a mention. Uh, and I'm really happy. I was really happy to hear that. Uh, so uh, you know, go check them out, and I'll put a link to the to the uh, uh, podcast their their article in the in the show notes. So that'd be kind of fun. Uh, so anyway, to, in in this show, uh, this is another uh, show of me meandering around Greenwood. And what happened was the other day, I, I just I was locked in the house. I was working, and I just got stir crazy. I had to get out. And and I've been because I've been kind of cooped up all summer. Uh, I really didn't get out and do all the things that I wanted to do during this uh, break that I have. So uh, when was this? Today's Friday. This was yesterday. Yesterday, I received a, a new lens in the mail, and so I'm looking at the weather. It was really nice out, and I got this new lens, and I, I grabbed the microphone, my little, my little uh, field microphone, and uh, you know what? Like, I was thinking, like, well, I'll go out there and record the show, because frankly, uh, the way this month just sort of sped up, uh, I didn't really have a chance to put together a cohesive subject for tonight's episode. So I figured, you know what, I'll grab the microphone, I got my iPhone with me, I'll be out there with this lens in Greenwood, you guys have heard me out there before, uh, something will come up, right, <laughs> I'll just go out there and, and, you know, I walk around and I'm talking to myself, <laughs> actually I'm talking to you guys, but uh, I'm actually kind of used to that, you know, the, this whole thing about podcasting, I get very used to talking to nobody in front of me, you know, I'm just imagining all your faces as you're listening to me, so, uh so, you know, I got out there, I hooked up the mic to uh, my iPhone, and uh, I started walking around and shooting. Now, look, you know, on this show, I rarely talk about equipment. Uh, I do once in a while, you know that. Um, but, uh, you know, I had this new lens, and I figured, uh, you know, I would go out and test it and, and bring you guys along with me. You know, and I thought maybe I'd rant about a couple of things as well, because, you know, me as I'm walking around and I start thinking of stuff, you know, not really bad rants, but you, you'll hear. I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> so, I mean, if you don't want to hear me rant or talk about a new piece of equipment, uh, you might want to skip this episode and wait for <laughs> episode 105. Um, but I actually I actually enjoy, you know, when I'm out there and actually kind of forgot all the things I talked about, I don't just talk about the lens. It's not a, a, a review of the lens. I do talk about how I got it, and there's a little bit of a story to that. Um, but you know, it is you. you if you listen to the show enough, you, you know I've gone out in Greenwood and talked about stuff. It's it's like that, you know. And I kind of do that sometimes when I don't really have a, you know, kind of a, a tight subject to talk about. But I hope you enjoy it. And um, oh, also please excuse the. There's a little bit of a sound quality issue. Uh, the 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 sound is a little too hot. Uh, that's because I have no way to monitor the sound while I'm walking and talking. And I actually, th- I thought I had the microphone far enough away. So it's a little distortion in it. You can still hear. It's fine. And it, it won't blow your ears out while you're listening. I'll make sure. I still have to edit the audio <laughs> to put it to the show. But uh, just please forgive me. I'll, I'll be working on that when I go out and do these uh, these walks with, uh, with my iPhone and, and the little microphone. So anyway, uh, so just, you know, here it comes. Please enjoy today's Wanderings. So once again I find myself here in Greenwood Cemetery talking to myself, actually talking to to everybody who's listening or anybody who is listening. Uh, It's the end of August and I've had my, uh, as I've been telling everybody, I took my break from one of my jobs uh, with a lot of kind of intentions to do all sorts of things. I go back to work next week, and I didn't do pretty much anything. <laughs> I mean, not entirely true. I, I worked uh, I worked the second job that I've got. Uh, I figured it'd give me some extra time to make some money uh, doing that. And then I had all these ideas that I would be heading into the city and doing some street photography, uh, and go into the museum. Go see the Gary Winogrand show, which is at the Brooklyn Museum now. It's his color work and I have yet to do either of those and in fact right now I'm in Greenwood Cemetery and it's it's Thursday, what is it, August 29th. I go back to work on the 2nd so I, I literally waited for the last minute. It's even it's even like it's close to 5 o'clock and I waited till the last minute to get outside. And I I picked Greenwood Cemetery because sometimes I just have to get out, uh, even though I've been here hundreds of times it seems already. Um, I, I just needed to get out of the house, and uh, I got a couple of couple of reasons. Well, certainly uh, a couple of reasons to get out of the house. Obviously to get out, uh, getting stir crazy. And I can't always work all the time. You know, just can't can't. You know, all work and no play makes me crazy. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, kind of a missed opportunity to uh, to go and do uh, kind of the stuff I was doing. But you know, there's always uh, there's more time I can I can do all these things, uh, and I don't have to be on vacation to do them. So, a couple of things. Um, let's see, where to start? Let's we'll start why I'm here. A couple of reasons I'm here mainly to get out of the house and B, today I received in the mail a lens that I backed on Kickstarter Uh, and I'll get into my Kickstarter adventures later if I remember to to talk about it but it's a a lens by a company called cam which I'd never heard about before I don't know a little while ago kind of in the same department as Seven Artisans and and, uh, Sam Yang and these weird named lens manufacturers. And you know what? Uh, I've always been one of those, I had been always one of those photographers people that, uh, excuse me, I got a little wind noise here, but I'm outside. So what are you going to do? I've always been one of those people who likes to buy the manufacturer's lens so when I'm with my Nikons I tended to only buy Nikon lenses now I've been sort of conditioned to do that because way back when when I was buying Nikon's, the only other lens brands there were was uh, let's see Tamron and uh, Sigma where there was also uh, for those of you who are old to remember old enough to remember there was Spirotone, and they didn't really make, well, they did make lenses, either that I bought lenses and slapped their names on it. And Spirotone, for those of you of the right age remember, they were like the bargain basement of photography equipment. They created a lot of cool stuff. They they, they sort of copied, you know, expensive kind of gear, and then made, slap their own name on it. And it tended to be very cheap, and it acted very cheap, I remember. And I still have, I think I still have a couple of things that were built in Spirotone, mainly grip stuff like clamps and stuff. Because those things were okay. But anyway, so back then, you know, I would uh, only buy Nikon lenses because the Sigma and Tamron lenses were not all that good. You can see there was a marked difference in quality. Hang on, I'm going I'm to take a picture here. So let's see what this looks like. Of course, I'm walking through here with my camera and this new lens I bought. And, uh, you know, I was kind of testing it as well. A little bit of a test. And uh, pardon me for a second while I line up the shot. You can listen to the cicadas and the wind and the cars going by. Uh, consider this sort of a lens test in some way in addition to me getting outside. So anyway, um, yeah, Tamron, Sigma—they—they uh, they weren't very good quality then, and I think a lot of people weren't interested in buying third-party lenses. So I just sort of got built into the idea that I'm going to buy the manufacturer's lenses because they're, you know, making the best quality. You know, uh, you know. Fast forward to today. And now we've got uh, you know a bazillion third-party people companies, uh, mostly based in China, I think, uh, building lenses for cameras. And there's a lot more cameras out now too. Um, so yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you know I, I talk so much about the Seven Artisans lens that I have, which I love. I think it's one of my favorite lenses. Um, and so about a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago, uh, a little something popped up in one of my feeds someplace I talked about, cam uh on Kickstarter uh, backing wanting a backing of uh, a lens it was a 50mm f1.1 and uh, I went and looked at it <clears throat> and I had missed sort of the early pricing, but there was still a a low-tier pricing that I could get in on. It was like 200 bucks or something. And I was looking at the video. They were talking about it, you know, showing off all the crazy stuff that it does. And very slick video, by the way, you know. Not, <laughs> not hard to make that. And apparently they were making it with this lens. The video was being shot with the lens that they were they were selling <coughs> or trying to back. So, you know, kind of impulsively... I hit the back button, backing the project, for $215 or something like that, and they said it was shipping in August of 2019, which is great, because it would still have some of the summer to go and use it. And of course I hit the back button first, I paid for it, and I, you know, I knew I heard of Cam-Lam lenses, but then I went and double-checked, and yes, they exist. They had a whole bunch of stuff, and they they proved actually had a previous version of this 50 millimeter 1.1 lens. So I kind of knew I was backing something that was probably going to work out. You know, when you're in Kickstarter, you're always taking a chance on backing something, because you don't know if the company that's making it is going to make it, run away with your money, or if they make it, it's not going to work. And believe me, I've had had a few of those which I'll talk about after I get to this lens but cam was there they had a lens and I did a you know little search and some reviews were there and they you know they were more pluses than minuses and I know with these third-party lenses there's always some there's always little questions about them but since I've since I've gotten into Fuji systems And in general, because it becomes more expensive to buy the manufacturer's lenses, and I I do want more lenses, I've gotten into, you know, I've sort of relaxed and and started getting into third-party lenses. Now, this is nothing new. I may have talked about this before. And third-party lenses have been around for a while and they've been very good for a while. The Sigmas and Tamrons of the world, Sigmas are actually making very, very good lenses that are some, in some ways better than the manufacturer's own lenses. So, you know, that issue for me is past. I was like, third-party lenses are great. Well, When I got into the Fuji system, I thought I would experiment because there was a couple of lenses that I wanted that I couldn't afford. go oh, some geese flying, Canada geese. Last time I was here talking to you, I think I remember hearing, seeing geese as well. So, I can't remember what the first third-party lenses I bought was the, um, might have been the Lens Baby. And, you know, that really that really set it off for me. I was like, you know, this is great. And now I can get, you know, any pretty much any kind of lens I want. If I'm willing to, you know, deal with maybe manual focus on a bunch of them, because a lot of the third-party lenses are manual focus, then, you know, big deal. You know, I can get a good lens for 30, you know, not 30 bucks. I can get a good lens for like, less than $100, then I can open up my, you know, my uh, visual palette a little bit more with the different kinds of lenses I could get. So anyway, going back to Cam-Lam, uh, you know, I thought for a couple hundred bucks for a 50 millimeter 1.1 lens, I thought, well, all right, why not? Now I've got already, let me think here. I've got an Nikon 50. Uh, which is a 2.8 lens. I've got a, um, what else do I have? I have actually a Seven Artisans, I think it's 1.8 50 millimeter. And I have some Russian lens with a screw mount and that's also like a 1.8 millimeter. Um, I've used my Nikon with the adapter, uh, which is nice. It's a little uh, twitchy. And uh, the Seven Artisans, that's okay. It's not great, it doesn't have the, the same kind of vocabulary as the 25 millimeter Seven Artisans, that's my favorite lens, you know, obviously because it's twice as long, but it just doesn't, I don't know, it's okay, it's it's fine. It was also inexpensive. And then the Russian one, I can't remember the name of it, but I, I had seen a picture someone had taken with an interesting adapter on it that, uh, that didn't magnify the, uh, the lens, and I really like the, the way it looked, but I haven't bought that adapter yet, so i was just using a regular screw adapter, and that lens is okay, too. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't quite have what I was looking for. Uh, so, yeah, why am I buying another 50? Well, mainly because <laughs> the 1.1 really, like, intrigued me. I think because I'm not gonna say the B word, uh, I didn't grow up saying that B word, but the out-of-focus parts in the video actually look pretty nice. And there was a couple of other things about this, this camera, I mean, sorry, this lens that, uh, that seemed to fit really nicely for video. So you know, as I'm looking at it now, first of all, it's got the shallow depth of field which can be nice for certain video projects. Uh, it has a stepless aperture ring, which is very good for video because it doesn't click, it doesn't make noises, you can change the aperture without making sounds. And uh, the focus has a very long play in it, so it takes a long time to get from infinity to the point four meter close focus on it. So that's kind of nice for video, you can actually do some nice Pull focuses. So the, the lens is definitely built for video in mind. And my other lenses that I have are not, uh, the other 50s I have are not built for that. So I was like, okay, well, uh, you know, I, I, I am shooting a little bit more video with my Fuji cameras, and, and it'd be nice to have, you know, uh, a lens that was kind of built for that as well. So with all those things in mind, and the fact that I was like, i love to buy another lens, I also would love to have a lens that's this fast. Yeah, I made the plunge. And, okay, so it came. Fast forward. They shipped in, like, they actually shipped in August. And I got it today. Well, You know, the second to third to last day of August. And, you know, I got it in the afternoon after I ate lunch. And I was looking at it. And the first shots I always take with a new lens are my cats. One of my cats, at least. Uh, because I got to shoot something right away. <laughs> I love photographing my cats. And... Hey, Blue Jay. And cats are really good to test on, because they twitch around a lot, you know, so it makes it interesting to see how fast I can focus it. It's also good to test the sharpness on them, you know, because the I love to focus on their eyes, and no one likes to see what the reflections are in their eyes and see how sharp the lens is. And their fur is a nice way to check the, you know, the resolution of the lens in some way, because you can you can kind of see how tightly... How sharp the lens is in some way by the by how it resolves the the fur on the on the cat, so there's all those things so uh, you know i'm looking at the I took a shot of uh, my cat Opie and that sort of bundled up with the fact that I was getting house crazy stir crazy in my house uh, here I am in greenwood with the with the lens, so figuring I would share some of the experience here so now uh, you get a little bit of a tour of. Uh, Greenwood with me. I'm at a um, gravesite of a man named George Caitlin or Catlin, C-A-T-L-I-N, and he was he lived from 1796 to 1872, and he dedicated himself to paint and record American Indians and their customs before what he was convinced would be their imminent destruction. Uh, and the, the story goes on here and there's a sculpture of a Native American man uh, with all the accoutrements on uh, it looks like it's bronze some sort of uh, dark metal probably bronze it looks like it's getting a little bit of a patina and uh, this this sculpture was donated by an artist uh, for this for this gentleman's uh, grave uh, and it's it's kind of like this one of those hidden gems in, in Greenwood. You don't expect to come across this. And people have decided to put all sorts of uh, money, and someone put an apple uh, at the foot of the, of the sculpture. So I think this might be a good test of the shallow depth of field of this lens, because I want this guy to stand out from the background. So, what's really nice about this lens, is you can shoot, I've been shooting at 1.1, and it's very tricky to focus, obviously. Uh, but what's nice is that I can, I can go down to f2, and I still have a really, really shallow depth of field, and then the lens really tightens up in terms of sharpness. So, let's see if I can get a shot of this. Yes, the out-of-focus parts are nice. I will not say the B word. You know, it's funny. I, I don't know why I've got something about that word. Uh, I knew, I, I didn't ever hear it in my photography travels, or the galleries I visited, or the other photographers, professional photographers I worked with. Uh, I didn't have that word. So. Yeah, I got something against it. Okay, so let me see. You know, here I am looking at the picture. Of course, it's not sharp because I wasn't focused on stuff, but the thing is the dynamic range on this is not enough. I'm shooting at 200, so I'm gonna put it on auto ISO so I can increase my dynamic range because I have a bright spot in the background. And my white balance needs to be set to daylight. All right, and why is it all blue? Daylight blue. All right, these are the things that we have to figure out while we're running around. So let me just warm it up a little bit. Uh, Yeah, because the sculpture is bronze, and I like it to look bronzy and not bluesy. Uh, Oh, all right. Anyway, thanks for hanging in here with me. Uh, what's going on? Oh I see. All sorts of things. I'm very rusty here today. At least I've got you guys to talk to. Not rusty in talking. I can chat it up all day. Uh, a little exposure compensation in make sure it's sharp. You know, wearing transitional glasses makes it really hard to focus when the camera's above my head. Take a peek at that if i don't get it there we go oh that's very nice very nice very sharp uh you know lenses aren't all about the sharpness of course you know you can have nice soft lenses you can do what, what, whatever kind of lens you have you can make it speak to you speak to whoever you're whatever you're trying to say with your pictures i'm not only about sharp but sometimes i am i want sharp okay where was i uh 50 millimeter huh all right so yeah so I get it I start shooting in my house my House is a little bit dark and uh, I'm shooting I don't know reasonable shutter speeds wide open and the pictures are coming out pretty nice I'm focusing on Opie's eyes and I get to see the reflections and whatnot and so I, I'm pretty satisfied I get the lens out of the box it is really heavy It's made of metal it's solid right I mean it it weighs more than the camera and in fact I think this lens weighs more than my 55 to 200 so I'm surprised at that and it's got a metal hood that screws on it's not a bayonet mount and I was taking a bunch of pictures with it and then I looked at the front of it and I was like why is the front so dark Front of the lens, and I realized there's a filter on it. It shipped with a four times neutral density filter, which makes perfect sense because you're outside, I'm going to shoot at a high, you know, low shutters. Uh, sorry, you're shoot with low ISO, you're going to have to stop down the light. You want to get that shallow depth of field with a low aperture, so it came with a four times. Neutral density filter, which I think I remember it was in, in the description of like, this is what you're going to get when you buy the lens, uh, which is really interesting because I was taking pictures with it, not knowing I was indoors and it was, uh, you know, shooting at a reasonable shutter speed. So I was like, oh, I took it off. Everything brightened up, of course. And I was amazed I gained a couple of stops of light. I was like, all right, this is cool. Uh, right now, I've got the I've got it back on because I'm outside and it's sunny. Although it's kind of in the afternoon, so there's a lot more shade. But I figured the lens will be able to handle that. Uh, what else about it? Oh, it's got these geared so the the focus and the aperture are both geared. So if you want to put if you're a videographer and you want to put a follow focus uh, dial on it, you can. Uh, one of these days, I'll buy one of them. This would be perfect for that. This, this lens and this the uh, the the focal length is really good for that. So anyway, I you know, I I don't make this show ever too much about gear. In fact, pretty much never. But this week I knew I had my show kind of up on you know, by Sunday I have to get it up. Uh <laughs> sorry. I have to get the show up <laughs> by Sunday. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, I really didn't have any subject matter to talk about. Kind of, uh, kind of not in a great place personally. There's an iffy. There's uh, a possibility I might get laid off next week from my job, from my one of my my uh, my TV job. I don't know, and I don't think anybody from my job listens to this show. So, and frankly, I don't care. I mean, I'm not saying anything bad about it. I just don't know what's going to happen come Tuesday. Uh, and I need to find more work. And so I, I, I am just in a, in a mood. I, this is why I had to come out, too. Really, just I, to kind of get back in touch with like, what really counts. And I know jobs are important. I got to make money, you know, and I have to get benefits and stuff like that. But at, at what cost? So, uh, I really haven't photographed that much during this break of mine. I bring my camera out with me every day when I go out. I don't really shoot anything. I just haven't had the, I didn't have it, have, I really haven't had the, No, know, the drive. You know, sometimes we get like that. That's fine, you know. Uh, this week, you know, I get, I get a, an email that the show I'm working on was canceled. So, uh, I don't know what more work they're going to have for me and so that kind of sent me in a little bit of a spin here so actually i'm kind of happy to get the lens because sometimes a little thing that's from the outside can distract from these other things that can kind of take over our mind and i know that sometimes getting out and shooting is probably one of the better things i can do to sort of get me out of a out of a tailspin mainly because it brings me back into the present you know i have to Sort of focus on, you know, where I'm at and what I'm doing and what am I recording. It's all this, what I want to take a picture of, what I want to try to say. Oh, hold on here. I'm photographing an interesting tombstone here. Although it doesn't quite, sometimes things just don't quite get the look I want. Hang on. It's got some angels on it. And, uh, yeah, cool. I don't know. You know, sometimes even if I know the shot is not going to be worth doing anything with, I still take the picture. You know? You have that, right? Sometimes you're you're walking around and, like, you're looking for pictures, but you don't, you know, nothing's really singing, but something catches your eye. But you know it's not, you look through the viewfinder and you say, it's not quite anything But something pulled me to it. I take a picture and the, you know, the pleasure of it is taking the shot, knowing that you can take the shot, because, you know, if we're shooting digital, it doesn't matter. It's all just another little bit of space. And, and, you know, maybe you are taking a shot of something that you want, who who knows? That's what that just was. I was looking at something, it kind of looked nice, but I don't know, not really. But I'm still gonna take the picture. So, back to, let's see, uh, where was I? Okay, lens. Yes, I don't talk about equipment on this, but I had nothing else to talk about. Uh, don't have any deep dives planned. Uh, at least not not for this week. You know, I have some, Ward and I are working on some photographers, and we need to find, uh, we got to find a photographer where we can uh, do a cage match. <laughs> Which I'm looking forward to friendly cage match, but a cage match nevertheless. So, uh, what was I going to say? Alright, so, I get the lens. I'm out here. You know, sometimes a little bit of gear can get you moving. Uh, Last week, I was at my brother's house up in a little bit upstate New York not that far from the George Washington Bridge you know like 10 10 or 15 miles I think and uh, he's got in his backyard literally uh, bald eagles and there was his birthday party and we we're talking and he's like he was just saying you know we got eagles here and he turned around and an eagle flies by just as he says that and I was like Wow. I can't believe. No, I heard they're coming back to the New York area. They're moving further south, at least in the New York area. I had never in my life seen a bald eagle in the wild. And this one just flew by. This was, uh, this was Saturday night. For, we were at his birthday party, so we stayed over. Sunday morning, I got up with all intention to go out and find some eagles. So I went to his roof or his upper deck on his uh, house. And lo and behold, behind behind his place, two or three bald eagles. One was certainly a mating pair, from what I know about birds, because uh, they were carrying stuff, nest making material, to the top of a tall tree. One was regular size, or one was an eagle, I could tell. The other one was huge. I have never seen. A bird of prey in my life this big not you know more than a couple hundred feet away in the sky i was amazed luckily i've had my had brought my uh my camera with my 55 to 200 that's all i had with me and i started snapping shots and boy did these pair put on a show they were flying around and Uh, just gliding around, actually. I think there was a third one, because I... I, there was just positions that a couple of them were in that didn't make any sense. It wouldn't make sense if there was three. But, um... I got these shots, you know, with the autofocus on the camera. This is where I was really happy. I had a slightly higher-end Fuji with very good autofocus, and this 55-200, to it's not their top-of-the-line lens, but it did the job of locking on the bird, and I had the the uh, um, continuous shooting going on high, so I would shoot like 8 or 10 frames very fast, and the thing locked on focus, and it was dead on. I, I looked at the shots, and they were not creatively interesting, you know? They were just, I'll put them up in the show notes, you'll see. They're good shots, very good shots of eagle, especially for a first timer like me, <laughs> and also just like from a backyard, looking out a backyard and looking up. Uh, I, they're not bad. They're sharp. The birds, the birds, uh, uh, accommodated me by doing all their poses that they that they do. One of them looked like a postage stamp, <laughs> just the way it was. It was carrying some twigs. It looked like they could have been olive branches, you know, like on the back of a back of a money or something like that. Here we go. I got a. i well, I'm just taking a pause here for a second. I got a sculpture with some plastic flowers on it, but sculpture, nevertheless, it's actually not bad, even with the plastic flowers. It's got a sense of, it's interesting. And this is old sculpture and these modern plastic flowers. And the background out of focus parts are really nice. I'm not using that word. The word that never should be said. So, yeah. So, one of them just came at me and opened its wings wide span. The thing was huge. I I, I had a hard time guessing how big it was from the distance that it was in. But, gosh, it must have been... I don't know, I know it's possible for it at least to be a six foot wingspan, probably more, but it was at least, I mean, it was, uh, this thing was bigger than me, and he just glided around, I assumed the big one was the male, uh, gliding around like nothing, you know, putting, you know, getting ready for, uh, the nest building. So, I wanted to point that out, I got, I got a chance to scratch something off the bucket list. Uh, and it just happened to be happenstance. I happened to be at my brother's house, and he just happens to have eagles in the in his backyard in New York City. I mean, he's still—that's New York, upstate New York, but still New York City. Uh, I was amazed. I was very happy. And again, uh, I look at the pictures. You'll see they're—they're they're good shots. Uh, I, I'm happy that I had the uh, 24 megapixel camera. Sorry again, geary thing. Because I could zoom up on it a little bit and still have some information by cropping in and, you know, there's something to be said for that a little bit. I don't have any problems with large megapixel cameras where you can do some cropping in, especially when it helps you get something that you didn't, couldn't get, you know, with a lens. I would have needed a 300 millimeter lens, I think, to get the kind of shot that I wanted to get. and i have one i have an icon one but there was no there'd be no way i would be able to grab these birds with a manual focus 300 mm it's just that's that's next to impossible with at least with that lens so very 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 happy bucket list eagles flying checked and uh beautiful bird beautiful bird beautiful animal i should say Uh, we, we have the right animal for our, for our national bird. Started off with talking about backing something on Kickstarter. Uh, I, you might have recalled, I don't know if I mentioned it on this show, and I certainly mentioned it on Shutter Time with Sid and Mac, way back when, that uh, I had decided to buy a few instant cameras. Uh, I got a Polaroid One-Step, the new one that they make, and I backed, um, shoot, uh, I backed a Lomo camera, if I get that right, Uh, a Fuji Instax instant kind of Polaroid-like camera that shoots the square. Fuji instant film. That's a that's a fun camera. I've only taken it out a few times, because uh, the film's expensive. So you know, you know. But it's just sitting there. I got to use it. Uh, the other thing I backed, I backed, I backed this this camera. What was it from Yashica? I, if I'm right, I can't remember now. It was a digital camera, quote unquote digital camera, that you change the picture settings by literally changing what looked like a little roll of film. I can't remember what the name of the thing was called, and uh, I can't remember, it was, it was not expensive, but it was not, you know, it was like a hundred and something bucks. And I was totally bought in by the by the, uh, by the video and the claims they were making and whatnot. Uh, sorry, I got some gargoyles here. I just moseyed on over to time to shoot time to shoot the gargoyles these gargoyles look like they like pugs actually or dogs kind of cool looking but oh see now it's so bright the camera is now using this electronic shutter but even even with I'm shooting at like f1.8 it's just too bright So, luckily, the Fuji's got electronic shutter, which will help also. So, I got the, oh, this is not good. The light's too strong. It's like sunlight. You know, it's it's 5 o'clock, 5.30 sunlight, so it's still kind of strong. Not very interesting light, but I'm not going to blame the light. I'll just take a picture. See what happens. I love gargoyles. You won't hear the shutter though, because it is the electronic shutter. I'm shooting at like ten thousandth of a second. ISO 800. All right. So this Yashica camera. So Yashica. I don't know if that's right. Why am I? Why do I think it's? Must be a Yashica camera. Sorry, my brain. I, I, my brain is turned into. Soft matter. Well, it is already soft matter. I think it's softer. <laughs> so anyway, um, that was one of those backings that uh, we had to wait for a long time for it to come out. I mean, a really long time. You know, they, they missed their deadlines, which most of these people do. I get that. You know, Kickstarter it's not easy to start up a new product. And you get a lot of people are demanding about stuff. You know, I, I understand that. So I'm never expecting to get this stuff on time. But anyway, the Ashika, the the extra things that were coming with it, I got, like, quote, unquote, these other rolls of film, which different, basically, different picture profiles. So like a black and white that was ISO 800. And the way this thing works is that you stick this thing in, like, a roll of film, and it activates that setting in the camera. You can't activate black and white uh, ISO 800 without this roll of film quote-unquote, roll of film. Which is kind of clever and weird. You know, I was kind of half of the thing. I was like, all right. And it came with some extra ones. So anyway, this thing came, right? And I set it up, which took some doing, frankly. And I took a couple of pictures. And I actually can't remember how it records. It doesn't record on an SD card. It records some other way. Whatever. Anyway, I go and look at the pictures, and they are—they are the it was the worst garbage I'd ever seen. I think my original Casio digital camera from nineteen ninety four maybe was a better camera than this thing. I really couldn't believe what a piece of crap this was. I tried all the different quote-unquote film cassettes; they were all terrible. I used it once, and I stuck it back in the box, and I'm like, never more. I don't think I'm ever going to do that kind of crap again. Anybody who's come up with something crazy like that, I don't know. But I had already ordered a couple of, uh, I had already ordered that Lomo, um, Lomography Square instant camera, but I also put it in order for this camera called the Jolly Look. And what the hell was this? Well, I was in the mood for kind of experimental things. So this camera was a camera pretty much entirely made of cardboard. This was the, this is what they were selling. It was a cardboard camera that used, again, it used the Fuji Instax film, but this time it used a really teeny tiny film. They have an, Fuji's got an instant film that's like the size of business cards. So it's like a little Polaroid, teeny tiny Polaroid. And uh, I have a Instax printer, which my Fuji camera is gonna hook up to via Bluetooth. And you can print from your camera. And the prints are not too bad, they're great. They're nice little things. And like, you can stick them in your wallet. You know, they're good for giveaways and, and whatnot. So, because I already had this printer, I thought, well, this is cool. And it's made of cardboard. And so the whole thing about this camera is that it looks like an an old, camera with a bellows and a lens like an old lens and it folds out and their big thing is it's made of all of cardboard which obviously means you can't use it in the rain and in order for you to process the film you take the picture you process the film and it's got a crank and you crank out the instax film and then it processes right and again, I'm looking at the video and there's a little bit of the whimsy of it. It looked nice. I like the old style cameras. It had a really nice look. And you know, the, I was looking at their rewards and stuff like that and it ended up being like 45 bucks for the camera. And they had an instant reward thing where you could get two cameras and some film for like $90. I was like, fine. I mean, sure. Again, I'm, I know I'm taking a risk. I always know, I always know I'm taking a risk. Yes, $90 is nothing to sneeze at, but I thought I'd roll the dice on this one. So this was supposed to ship, and some of you might have listened to the show, so you might remember, but this was a ship sometime in 2017. I think the summer of 2017. Now, again, I know they're probably not going to make this deadline. Nobody makes a deadline. You know, they get too many orders, not enough orders. Something goes wrong. Whatever. You've heard all the stories about Kickstarter. They're all the same. So it didn't ship, obviously. And you know, messages go out. I'll try to make a long story short. They had a lot of production problems. They also, you know, some of them run out. He ran out of money, for something. I had to move the processing. They were going to, uh, sorry, the manufacturing. They moved it from China to Ukraine, or some such place. Uh, they had to. They, they had. I guess they. Their engineering, for what they wanted, and their expectations from who was building it, differences were too high. So they were getting crap. So long. Uh, I'm making a long story long here, but a long story shorter. They they ended up having to sell cameras on, in stores. Apparently they were shipping them to places that, like, they started making them and they started selling them, but they didn't have enough money to send everybody, the people who backed them in the first place, they didn't have money to send those people the cameras. They had to actually start selling them in the stores to make some profit so they could build more to send them to the people who actually backed them. This is, that's crazy, in my opinion, I mean, that's, that's BS. and, and for a little while, you know, like, if you're, if you're on a kick those of you who are on Kickstarter, you know, you start saying, yeah, this has been a year now. You haven't shipped. Is this even going to happen? Or I kiss my 90 bucks goodbye. And they were good. They would send out messages. You know, they would say, this is what's going on. They sent out photographs of the manufacturing. Um, it all seemed up and up. I mean, we have been a lot of fake production to do this and it didn't it didn't look that way i mean they but they were very they didn't send out the updates as often and if you want to have a real good laugh go to the comments section of kickstarter it's like a it's like a train wreck there sometimes uh and i know i've been part of that i had a couple well anyway for never mind so <laughs> i I changed my story here a little bit uh Anyway, long story, they, they finally ship. I get the notice that it's shipping. I get it like, I don't know, a month ago, and I ordered two cameras. I figured, you know, in case one went bad, I'd have another one, you know? They're cardboard, I mean, for Pete's sake. How, how long is a cardboard camera gonna last? So, the whole thing with this camera is that it's cardboard. The insert where the film is and, and that keeps it light tight, is plastic. I mean, I guess they had to make, and the lens is plastic, or gl- I don't think it's glass. It's plastic. There's a Fresnel viewfinder, which pops up, which you pop it up, and that viewfinder is kind of attached to the shutter. And I, holding my fingers in quotes, the shutter. But so it's not all cardboard. The, but the outside is cardboard, and it folds up into this neat little box. It's very. I like the design. It's beautifully designed. Couple things right out of the box i open it up i'm looking at the instructions trying to figure out how it, how this damn thing works and from what i can tell the shutter is a rubber band yes you heard that correctly everybody it's a rubber band attached to this cardboard slide that when you lift up the view the uh, viewfinder it locks in a shutter Let i gonna describe this with a rubber band it locks it in, and then you press a little plastic button on the side which fires the shutter. I'm, gonna, I'm walking by a pond here, so if you hear a little noise, that's the pond. There's a fountain going on. And I'm trying to pull the shutter up, and it, nothing's happening. It's not going down. And uh, there's some instructions about how to fix the shutter if it's not working, if the rubber band breaks. So I kind of look, I open it up, and the rubber band is actually dissolved. So this thing must have been sitting in some heat, shipping, it's been sitting in storage for a while. Something dissolved the rubber on this rubber band. So it, so I found the instructions about how to replace the shutter. And there's a little you kind of had to unfold things, and I'm worried about breaking it. You gotta pull this thing out and attach a new rubber band and stuff like that. In the meantime, you pull this the first time you pull it out, it's got this cardboard bellows. And because the cardboard is so tight it pulls the lens back on an angle so literally it's pointing kind of to the ceiling maybe towards the ceiling at a 45 degree angle the the lens should be parallel with the back of the camera it should be perpendicular to the ground but it's at 45 degrees so that's not going to work so I, I read instructions and basically says pull out the bellows as hard as you can obviously without breaking it and hold it for 10 count of 10. that will Loosen up the cardboard. Well, you know, I did that. Lens still pointing up. Maybe not at 45 degrees now. But maybe it, you know, it's not quite 90 degrees. So I end up watching some videos. I'm sorry, I'm going through this long story. But I, I got nothing. You, if you have any place else to be, <laughs> I, I don't. I look at the the one of the reviews and it shows the guy talking about it in London. And, and he's got these little straws that are... That you use the hold against the lens panel and you prop it up to the back of the camera and that keeps the the uh, the lens plane perpendicular to the ground I was like okay that's that's not a good sign hey, <laughs> I mean, it was not a good sign that the bellows was angled at 45 degrees um, so I find some straws and I cut them to the size. Oh, and the way this thing focuses is you pull the bellows out. There's four slots in the bottom track where you slide the lens, and there's four little slots where you stick the lens panel in, depending, each one is at a different focal, uh, sorry, focus distance. So you're basically focusing the lens by pulling this bellows in and out. But it's got these four presets. And of course the slots don't fit the lens and you gotta jam it in there and whatever fine it's just this is cardboard right what do i expect i finally get it set up i'm actually doing this at a coffee shop this is where i got the straws by the way i get i do this set it up a coffee shop and and i have a a roll roll pack of black and white instax film in there figuring i give it a shot I, i have all this instax film i haven't been using this stuff is rated at 800 i think so yeah, I I put the film in there. Uh, after my coffee I end up going around and decided to go take some take some shots with it. Um, the first shot I take is of the sky because I'm trying to adjust the shutter. Uh, you have to cock the shutter by pulling up the viewfinder and then it has to lock in position. And if it doesn't, I like I I, I was doing that and I hit the trip the shutter by accident. Boom! First exposure. Sky. right, or the tree in the sky so the lens is pointed up. So I pull the film out and I let it develop And I see something you know, okay. Well, that's that's a good sign so I might as I'm also using my camera as a light meter my other camera my Fuji so I'm measuring the light and I get the You know the thing works this this jolly look works at only two shutter speeds like a two-fiftieth of a second and one-sixtieth get this you know how they change the shutter speed, because it's on the sliding thing on the on the on the viewfinder, this lens with this rubber band thing, there's a weight that's attached to this. You got to see this. I'll post pictures. It's a very weird looking thing. And there's a little weight that slides in and out of a little slot. And if the weight is in there, the shutter speed is one speed. If the weight is out of there, the shutter speed is another speed. All right. Believe me, I can't remember which shutter speed is which. But I remember when I was shooting I was like okay this one is 1/60th. And it was an overcast day or something like that so I, or I was shooting in shadow or something like that. So so I, I I I figure out the 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 uh exposure. I take a shot of a wall or something. And something shows up after a little while I process it I crank it out. Something's there. It's not quite in focus. Uh it kind of looks fogged a little bit. The film looks like it's not, you know. I mean, it's, the film's been sitting around. It's old, but I don't think it's fogged. But I, I think the, more likely the camera. So, all right, go and take another shot, same thing. All right, I walk around, I say, well, let me take a couple of selfies of myself, right? You gotta take a selfie. And it's not hard with this camera. You know, you can set the distance at like less than three feet, hold it at arm's length, Snap, right? Crank it out. After that, things were south. Film was definitely fogged, so there's a, whole, there's a light leak in this camera. And I took a couple more shots, and yeah, same thing. This thing is a piece of crap. It looks nice. It's gonna be nice to have on my shelf, and in fact, I, I think I need to send it back. Have them send me a new one, because... But they're telling me, like, I, I email them and say, what's going on? He's like, well, you know, there's probably a light leak. I go, well, duh. I go, but shouldn't this camera come to me brand new without any leaks? It's not a Lomo camera. I mean, I expect it to get funky as I use it because it's going to wear out a little bit. Well, if you want, you can look, you know, shine a flashlight. I'm like, oh, jeez. Great. I got to do all this stuff for something I just bought. So I left it at, they said, if there's some light leak, you know, contact us and We'll send you a new one. I was like, great. I'm going to have to wait. I don't really have high hopes for this thing. I have to wait another year for them to send me a new one. Uh, held together with straws. And, you know, it's another, it's another Kickstarter lesson for me. I've had, you know, again, like I said, it's a roll of a dice. Uh, some things are interesting, like this lens I've got. Um, I should have checked... Before I hit the purchase button, like if this was a real company, I think I knew it was a real company, but you know, just a double check and it was and lomo when i when I ordered the Lomo camera, we all know lomography, they have Lomo cameras and film and whatnot. Those guys I was pretty sure that when I bought from them they were gonna they were gonna produce something, and if not, they would have given us the money back. I'm pretty sure, but these other sort of off you know off-kilter ideas that I've invested in you know I knew I'm taking a chance I had high hopes or I had some hopes I mean how much hope can you have for a plastic a, a cardboard camera you know I was thinking this is gonna be if anything uh, I'll, I'll play with it for a little while I'll put it on the shelf maybe I'll take it out again once in a while Just, I not know why not and, uh, you know, it might still happen. I have to send the, you know, I don't know whether they're going to want me to send this one back and they're going to send me a new one or some nonsense, but I think with photography equipment or, or even just like expensive kind of quirky equipment, I mean, I've heard of some lenses, some really interesting lenses being sold or being, trying to get backed on Kickstarter or Indiegogo or wherever the hell, and failing. People putting a lot of money into these things, and these guys running away, were not able to produce what they said they were going to produce, and nobody gets refunds. So, you know, I got this lens, Camlan, Camlan, not Camlam, K A M L A N. uh, you know, and I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm really. These guys lived up to exactly what they said they were going to do. They said they were going to ship in August. They did the lens looks like what they were advertising in the video and i can already tell from the few shots that i've taken with it that i'm gonna be i'm gonna be pretty happy with it i think the only thing that wasn't expecting it to be is so heavy but that has some benefits too it's good like when you're taking especially with a manual camera taking sorry manual shots It's nice having something that's not going to swing around in your hand too much. You know, you want some weight. Uh, So, so there's that. That's good. And if I put it on a tripod or if I'm using video, then it's not going to matter one way or the other. Uh, I don't know how long I've been talking or how long you've been listening to me. (laughs) This has been a long show. But these are, these are what's, this is what's going on. This is where I'm at right now. Uh, And, yeah, end of summer. Uh, I hope all you, everybody who's listening, had a great summer. Uh, enjoyed yourselves, and we're getting into the fall. Feels like a new year is starting. I always think of September as like the new year because it's like school, you know. Uh, but a lot of new things starting, and uh, I'll keep you up to date about whether or not I'm working. <laughs> uh, maybe I start my photography classes up again. Oh, last thing, yeah, for those of you in the uh, New York area. Or the tri-state area. Uh, I'm, wa- I'm doing another Scott Kelby photo walk. Uh, this time I, was, I did it the past couple of years in Greenwood Cemetery, uh, where I'm at now. Thank you very much. Uh, I decided I want to go back to Red Hook. So, if you're interested, I'll put a link in the show notes to uh, sign up. This year it's. I gotta look at the date. My, my can't. Uh, it's October something <laughs> it's, it's like middle of October it's a Saturday uh, the, date, the date will be on the on the show notes and in the and if you want to sign up it's free and uh, you get to hang out we're gonna start at like 10 o'clock and go to like 2 uh, I'm gonna start at fairway meet in fairway walk around Red Hook I know Red Hook is getting a little bit different these days I just wanted to change it up uh, go back to Red Hook there's still some it's still a great industrial area to, to photograph there's a lot of quirky things still there not for long because it's building up there but there's some nice things still to see so yeah let's see by the time I can't tell you the day of the show let me see if I can see if I can find the date of the walk I don't think I put it in my calendar yet uh no it's like october 12th maybe not october 12th it's october 5th it could be october 5th anyway so tri-state area brooklyn new york if you haven't been to red hook it's a nice place to go to i know some of you who listened to me were on my photo walks before uh, it would be great to be seeing some of you and hanging out. We'll walk around, take some pictures, go grab a bite to eat afterwards, and talk a geek photography talk if you want. Or not. We can just hang out. Anyway, thanks for, thanks for hanging out with me for this afternoon. Uh, it was great great talking to you. I hope uh, hope you don't mind me going on about my gear a little bit joining me out here in Greenwood while I'm photographing. I was talking mostly, didn't take that many pictures. Uh, my arm is aching from holding this this, this lens. Uh, and I'll put some of the shots up, you can see. So anyway, have a good time and I will, uh, I will talk to you later. Well, thanks for hanging out with me in Greenwood Cemetery. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, again, if you know me, I'll do that once in a while, wander around. And talk about what's going on, and uh, you know it's 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 a lot of fun for me. And I hope you guys like it. I, I get some good feedback that you guys you know feel like you're actually walking with me. So anyway, the uh, opening quotes at the beginning of the show are from Edward Weston and Yosef Karsh, respectively. Uh, Weston is a true artist in black and white. I really love his work. And uh, Karsh is a great uh, portraitist, portraitist. Uh, If you guys remember, some of you will remember the famous portrait of Winston Churchill. He's the one who photographed it. Uh, They both worked in the first half of the 20th century. And I really encourage you to go seek out and look at both of their work. And maybe, maybe in the future, uh, Ward and I might be doing a deep dive on either one of these guys or maybe even both. We'll see. Uh, So, again, you can find the show notes for this episode and all the others, although I haven't populated it, at the new website, streetshots.photography. And you can still find me on Twitter and Instagram at amrosario, and, of course, Flickr at amrosario. And on Facebook, I'm still doing Switch to Manual on Facebook and a Rosario photo on Facebook. Uh, You can also find me with my fellow brothers in light over at the unusual collective the ones that we talked about on episode 100 so go check out the site at unusualcollective.photography and you gotta love that that dot photography domain it fits so well for uh, for these websites and we've over at the unusual collective we've been publishing monthly essays about photography which I, i'm pretty sure you'll find interesting so go check us out there if you do like the show you can send me some exposure bucks by going to iTunes if uh, you subscribe there and rating and reviewing the show. And please, you know what? Tell your friends about uh, Street Shots. I want to spread the word and get more people listening to the show because I really enjoy doing this and I like sharing all this information. And you know what? Drop me a line on the new website. You know, there's a comment section underneath the episode. Uh, let me know if you like what we're doing and what we're doing, <laughs> we, what I'm doing. And if there's a ways to improve the show or anything you want to, you know, suggest for a talk that just drop, drop notes there. I don't have the, I don't think I have the uh, emails uh, set up there yet, uh, but you can just drop lines in the, uh, in the comment sections. If you have any suggestions or topics for photographers you want to hear about, just drop them there. Let me know. And finally, the Street Shots theme music was written and produced by Phyllis Audio. You can find more about the creative genius at Phyllis Audio at phyllisaudio.com. That's P-H-Y-L-L-I-S audio And until next time, keep shooting and working at it because things will begin to happen.